Welcome to the Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do podcast with your host, Tom Singer. In each episode, we explore the interesting lives of business leaders, entrepreneurs, solopreneurs, and others who have a healthy dose of the entrepreneurial spirit. It is time to explore something cool. Now, here is your host, Tom Singer. And we're back with another episode of Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do. This is Tom Singer, and I think this is my ninth episode. I probably should be keeping track of that, but I'm just a guy in my kitchen in Austin, Texas, who decided I was going to start this podcast, and I wish I had started it a year ago because I am having a great time, and I'm having the opportunity to meet people who are doing very cool things as entrepreneurs and solopreneurs and business leaders, and today we are going to talk with Lara Laced. Now, she had a corporate job, and she worked for corporations and nonprofits, and she was a marketing consultant, but now... Lara writes show notes for podcasters. And what I love about that is that in this world, things are changing. All of a sudden, podcasts have been a big deal. Five years ago, there wasn't a career option for someone who thought they wanted to write show notes for podcasters. And now she is the queen of show notes. So Lara, welcome to the show. Hi, Tom. Thanks for having me. Oh, thank you for being here. So you are living right here in the middle of the podcast world as a person who is helping people write show notes. How did that come about? Uh, it came about when my friend Michael O'Neill started his podcast, which was just a little over a year ago. Uh, I listened to every episode and I actually didn't start out writing his show notes for him. It was a couple of months in when he was looking for somebody and I just offered to do it. And uh, I took a crack at it. He liked it and we kept going. And he introduced me to Chris Ducker at NMX last year. And then, of course, you know, Chris Ducker carries a lot of weight. Yes, yes. uh, So that led to more introductions. And then Michael introduced me to uh, Jordan Harbinger of The Art of Charm. And Chris Ducker introduced me to Josh Shipp. And uh, Michael introduced me to Rick, Rick Mulready. And so it's just grown from there. So podcasts are on fire right now. I mean, they're the hottest thing going in, in the world of the Internet. And you yeah. have you have harnessed yourself to this new medium. I have. I have. It's pretty exciting. And so, you know, you, you used to have a corporate job and you, then you were a marketing consultant. What do you absolutely love about this where you're creating something new that is just for you? What do you love about it? Uh, I love so many things about it. I love that I can do it from wherever, as long as I have an internet connection and I have a laptop, I can I can do my job. So I love that. I love that it's having an impact on people. I'm helping people who I, I mean, everybody I write for is pretty much somebody I would be listening to if I weren't writing podcast show notes for them. So I love that I get to work with and help people who I truly want to support however I can. I mean, and- that's just, Awesome. And it must be cool because you get to listen. I mean, just the names you mentioned and then and the rest of your clients, you must get to listen to some great information. I do. I do. It's, it's pretty cool. I mean, I listen to upwards of 20 shows a week. So, um, yeah, I get loads of information. And, you know, I have other friends outside of the podcasting world who are entrepreneurs. And sometimes if there's something that they're at work on or, you know, some a challenge that they're faced with, I'll be like, oh, listen to this show. I'll send you the link. You know, and it'll, it'll be just based on what they're telling me, what my friend is telling me about what they're facing, you know, I can direct them to a resource that hopefully will help them. Well, and and one of the reasons I started my show was I was attending a seminar several months ago, and and I have to go back and look at my own notes and see who it was who said it. But somebody said, part of the advice was, you know, if you're feeling stuck and you're looking for a way to sort of grow your practice, your career, go interview 50 people, and you cannot help but learn 
and grow. And yeah. I thought, and I thought, wow, that's that's I like people, and and I, I write a blog, and I thought I'm going to go interview people for my blog. And about the same time as when I met Michael O'Neill in the Solopreneur Hour, and I started mm-hmm. listening to his podcast and a couple of others, and all of a sudden, this idea of interviewing 50 people and writing blog posts morphed into the fact that. I think I'm going to do a podcast. And now that I think, like I said, this is probably number nine. Now that I've done that, I'm already starting to see the benefits of not only what I'm learning from what people are sharing with me, but also those guests who are on my show are introducing me to other guests and they're introducing me to other people who can hire me to speak and who Mm -hmm. they just think I should know. And so I'm already seeing that that when you're interviewing these people and you're involved in this, the information that that is pinging my brain is huge. You must be on like triple overload. (laughs) I think so. I think so. And I really enjoy that. I think it's awesome. I mean, I have have run a couple of uh, companies before this. I, I can honestly say that I probably spent nine and a half years failing in the entrepreneurial world. Well, that's what they say <laughs> we're supposed to do, right? We have to fail a few times before we know what success looks like. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, um, you know, I guess from the outside, it might look like I stumbled into this, but it really, it came because I put in nine and a half years of failing. And so my brain has just uh, been absorbing information all along the way. And, and, you know, now I get it at quadruple the speed <laughs> well, well. so there's a lot of things to love about working for yourself and creating something new. What are the downsides? What What is it that you wake up and go, oh, golly, I don't, well, I don't work for the corporation. This is, <laughs> this is hard. I think, I mean, there's a lot of things, you know, it definitely takes a certain mindset to be your own boss. Um, I mean, the first and foremost is setting your own schedule. You know, I'm responsible for getting these show notes done in a timely fashion. So, Yes, I can create my own schedule. That's both a pro and a con. So I have to be um, pretty diligent about managing my time and you know, hunkering down when I really need to. And that also gives me the freedom to um, you know, bust it out for a couple of days and then take a half a day off if I want to. So, now, now, are you totally solo or do you have other people working with you to create these show notes? I'm just building a team right now. So I'm in the process of that. So that is so exciting because it's totally scalable if you get the right people. Yes, exactly. I mean, that's because right now I'm really the cog in the wheel. And that's okay when you're starting out. But I, I definitely want to see it from a big picture standpoint and be able to, you know, take off for a couple of weeks when I want to. And um, I, I have to scale it in order to do that. Well, and I think with, you know, the amount of podcasts that are already out there that need good show notes, because I haven't even started doing show notes yet because I figured I'd wait until my audience asks for them. But, uh, you know, as I look at a lot of other podcasts, there's a lot of people who are way down the path. I mean, I'm nine or 10 shows down, down my little, my little path here, but there are some people who either have no show notes or they have really crummy ones that they're clearly just throwing up there themselves. So there's a big need for what you do. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I created a show notes made easy. It's my product. I created that just so that I can help more people who are, you know, wherever they are in their production process this way, if they can't hire me or if they want to hire somebody else or they want to do it themselves, show notes made easy is a a great tool to help them do that. So tell me more about that product. So that product is basically just my process of how I write show notes. And I went through it step by step. And I have uh, both videos and a PDF guide to writing great show notes. And I I walk you through basically like my techniques for everything and uh, suggestions I have and things that, I mean, tools that I have in my 
uh, you know, in my toolbox, for lack of a better term, um, that I think set my show notes apart from from other people's. And and this can be purchased at show notes made easy dot com. Yes. Excellent. Well, now see, I didn't necessarily even realize that I could go and buy this as I'm going down the down the path here. So now I have something I have a to do when we get done is to go look into show notes made easy. So that's fantastic. Yes. So, yes. so it's it's still in the process of. I mean, the website's up, um, and if you want to buy it, just click on the contact button and get in touch with me. We're still building the shopping cart out, but it's about mid October now, and it it in theory will be done by the end of October and will be ready. Well, that's about the time this show should release, so that's perfect. So everybody, perfect. everybody who has a podcast, run, run, do not walk to <laughs> shownotesmadeeasy.com. That's right. So now let's say that there's someone out there listening, and, and they are just feeling like, you know, you said you spent nine years kind of bouncing around and trying, and let's say that they feel, and I think that's who my listener is. It's people who think, God, I, I want to be doing something on my own. I, I know I can. I like to think about, like, who is my avatar? Who, who am I doing this show for? And while there's right. lots of people who listen... I think I'm doing it for me 10 years ago. I think I'm doing it for someone where I was a decade ago, you know, who had a job or, or was trying to do things on the side, who was wishing, I, I, I want to support my family, but I want to do it without a boss. And right. so if someone's out there and they're listening to this right now and they think, you know, okay, so she's brilliant. She hooked herself to this rocket ship of podcasts and, and found a niche and, and she's doing this. If somebody wants to go try something, not to compete with you, but to try something on their own in, in a different niche, what, what, how would you, what would you tell them to do? What, what advice do you have for someone out there who wants to make the leap? Oh, wow. That's such a broad question. Um, you know, I'll tell you what I have done for the last nine, nine and a half years. I've really followed what was in front of me. If it was something that interested me, then I did it, and I went full speed ahead into it. Um, I, have, I have a background in copywriting and journalism and marketing and PR, and so when I decided to make the leap, that was what I went into. I wanted to just be a solo entrepreneur and uh, be a copywriter for people. So that was my first foray, and I did okay at it. Uh, but copywriting is such a saturated market that, you know, it it's you got to slug away for a long time at it, and uh, it just for whatever reason um, that being in that field led me to being open to additional opportunities, and I got into a network marketing company that I'm still a part of uh, through Michael actually, and. So I went into that full speed ahead and I loved it and I still love it. Um, and that is actually the track that I was on when the show notes opportunity came along. So, I mean, everybody says follow your passion. And I'm like, yeah, you have to. You have to be passionate about what you're doing because you're going to be putting in some serious hours. And if you are really passionate about it, you'll be able to do that. So, yes, follow your passion, but also, you know, be willing to stick it out. And also be willing to pivot when you need to pivot. Because if you would have told me a year ago that I would be writing show notes, I would have said, what are show notes? <laughs> well, well, and that's why I think what you do is so absolutely fantastic. Because I think that everybody would say, what is show notes? Even 
you know, some of the listeners might have said it when they first came on for this episode. And yet you've created a niche where you have 20 of the top podcasters out there already hiring you and they love you. Everybody I know who works with you says Lara does the best show notes, you know, in the business. And, you know, at the same time, you've now created this product where you teach other people how to write them so that they too can put out a good product. I mean, it wasn't even there a year ago and, right. and now you're doing it. Mm-hmm. I mean, you are, you are the quintessential person I want to interview on this show. It's absolutely fantastic. I thank you. I'm glad we got to. So any other advice for people? Yeah, I mean, follow your interest, be willing to pivot, and certainly take advice from people you want to be like. So if you know somebody who is successful in the entrepreneurial world or simply successful not having a boss, then follow their advice. But certainly don't follow the advice of somebody who shows up at an office nine to five and is content to do that because you're just going to follow in their shoes then. Well, and it's so true. There are so many people who aren't doing things who want Mm -hmm. to go and give advice to other people. You know, mm-hmm. so I, I, I talked to one person the other day who was saying that if you're ever going to look for a consultant as a speaker or a consultant or a coach, ask the consultant, you know, tell me about your P&L. And if they say, mm-hmm. what's a P&L, you do not <laughs> want to hire a business coach who doesn't know what a profit and loss <laughs> statement is. And yet she said, you would be surprised how many people are out there trying to get your money to give you advice who don't even know what that is. Right, right, right. So, and and I do think, I do find it really interesting too, is that, you know, lots of times people, they see someone who's successful and they say, oh, I want to go be like them and it doesn't match up with their passion. And so I right. think you are right. It, for you, if as a writer and somebody who already was, you know, involved in journalism and, and, and doing PR and stuff like that, it's a perfect niche. For somebody mm-hmm. else who doesn't write, I mean, this wouldn't have worked. They would have said, oh, there's money to be made there, but they would have woke up every day and thought, ah, what is this? Right, exactly. Yeah, it, it's, it's a combination because it can't just be about following your passion. I mean, honestly, sometimes I'm passionate about eating ice cream and watching Buffy the Vampire Slayer reruns. So God, wouldn't it be great? Wouldn't, a living. wouldn't it be great <laughs> if we could monetize eating ice cream? <laughs> Yeah. If somebody has an idea, you know, I, in fact, my wife and I were doing some shopping earlier today. We were in the store and we walked by like all the freezers where all the ice cream is. And, uh-huh. and I used to eat ice cream every day when I was younger and had the metabolism of someone who's younger. I looked at my wife and said, I miss being able to eat lots of ice cream. Now it's like an occasional treat. I go, I miss lots of ice cream. Exactly. So if I could monetize it and stay within my weight range, that would be fantastic. <laughs> so because of what you do and, and the podcasts that you're listening to, I mean, you must have the opportunity to see all kinds of cool things that other people are doing. So what's something you see another entrepreneur, because we can talk about ourselves all day long, what's something you see another entrepreneur doing that you think is, is really sharp? Uh, there's a lot. I think uh, anybody who takes you know, takes their service and creates a product and a sustainable business model based on that, that is utterly fascinating to me. Business models in general are very fascinating to me. Um, so I love to see that. But something like what Chris Ducker and Pat Flynn, do, Pat Flynn do, they do it together, and I think, and Chris does it separately. Um, they do like uh, one-day mastermind events in the cities that they travel to. So I think that's really awesome. I mean, they're both so successful in their businesses and uh, they're sharing their knowledge with people. And um, yeah, I just think it's a, and I had the opportunity to be at one of those events with Pat and Flynn uh, almost a year ago. And it was just awesome. So I think that's a super cool thing to do because you get to meet people 
in different parts of the world and like actually make connections and, and help people along the way. So I think that's really cool. And the people who are able to do that, I think it's cool because they have a big enough following. And at the mm-hmm. same time, while, while they're either on vacation or there to speak for a conference, they can, you know, go ahead and monetize that trip by having a mastermind meeting and things like that. But also they have the ability to touch people one-on-one. And, and I think that's the greatest thing about a lot of entrepreneurs, especially those in the information space, is they really can touch people and change their lives. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I love that it's in person. I mean, so much of what we do is done through technology. And technology is awesome and it gives us so much flexibility, but there's, there is no replacing the personal in-person, one-on-one experience. So it's pretty cool. Well, and that's part of what, you know, I speak about when I'm hired to come into conferences and things like that is, you know, we live in this social media crazy world where everybody thinks, oh, a like, a link, a share, a follow is equal to a friendship. Right. And in reality, it's not. Like, you know, I knew who you were through the solo hour stuff that we're involved with and and sort of following Mm -hmm. the podcast community. But after we met at the podcast movement in Dallas, now I feel like I know who you are. I mean, I have a, a feeling of, you know, who is Lara? And that mm-hmm. makes all the difference in the world. And, and we didn't hang out that long. We just went to, you know, a couple of meals together with with groups. Right. And yet now I know who you are and I kind of have a sense. And, and we forget that, that that is such an important piece. So I, I do think that these these people who are holding these live events really are onto something. I agree. So t- what is the coolest thing you've heard on one of these podcasts? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> just wow. pick something. <laughs> Oh, you put me on the spot. Oh, the spot's uh, good. That's what we like to do here. <laughs> Let me think. You know, I love, uh, it, this is just very broad, but I love The Art of Charm. Um, it is geared towards men, and it's about uh, ordinary men becoming extraordinary, or ordinary guys becoming extraordinary men, I think is their tagline. And so, I, like, I learned so much about men just listening to that podcast, and I think it's it's super awesome are, are we that it. are we that complicated oh uh, well i'm still single so yeah i kind of <laughs> think you are <laughs> i i always thought men were kind of simple but you know then again i've i've been my wife and i've been married for 23 years so oh congratulations yeah and we still like each other most afternoons so that's good that's most days awesome. most days you know i think she still is happy that i'm i'm the one she's married to so that's a good thing yeah and, and, what do you ev- think and every day i feel that way about her all day oh that's so great. So, yeah. So we're, you know, I mean, we have our children are, you know, I always joke that we have middle aged children, meaning that they <laughs> haven't launched yet to go to college, okay. but, but they're not toddlers and little. So I have a 12 year old and a 17 year old. And so, you know, they're, they're kind of self-sufficient. And so like we went to the store together and we were joking. It was just us. And we're like, remember, we used to do this before we had children. Wow. Yeah. You know, and we go to lunch once in a while without children while they're at school. It's like, cause we both work for ourselves. Oh, and so cool. we have the flexibility and it's like, wow, you know, we, we could go to a movie on a, on a Tuesday and, yeah. and, and we joke that it's like a date even after 23 yeah. years. Oh, that's so great. I bet that's part of what keeps it alive and working for you guys. I, you know, we, we just have a good time and, and we're very different today. We were joking about the fact that, you know, I said something and I said, you know, we don't always, agree, always have to agree. And she goes, we don't often agree, but you know, that's okay. <laughs> you know, we don't have to agree on everything. Right, right. Well, that's good to know. So as an entrepreneur, sometimes you get a chance to, to really serve others outside of where you serve them to get a paycheck. So what is it that you do, Lara, to give back to the greater good? Uh, let's see. You know, right now I just make donations. Um, but in the past, I have 
certainly given of my time. I mentored junior high and high school students uh, in my late 20s into my early 30s. Wow. Actually, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. So See, I did that, a lot that, of that. Th- that's the type of stuff that changes lives right there. Yes. I was in uh, what's called AmeriCorps. Oh, sure. For a, couple, for a couple of years, actually, a couple of different organizations. So I gave back quite a bit during that time. So what do you think when you see entrepreneurs giving back, whether it's time or money or good vibes, what are the things that, that really impress you when you see entrepreneurs who find a way to serve the greater good? I think it's really, I mean, it's such a mark of a human person, you know, to, to have success and then want to be able to share that with other people. I think they're setting an incredible example because far too often, at least in Western culture, um, certain segments of our population, you know, see money and think, oh, you know, only, only rich people are, or just rich people are evil, or the only way that you can become rich is by stepping on other people. And so we have these, I don't know, pre, you know, prejudgments on the rich. And so I think when we see somebody who breaks that mold, it's, it's really a wonderful thing for, for, you know, all of our mindsets and also just for the world at large. Well, I think, I think you're right. And I think the other misnomer that we have is that when it comes to giving back, a lot of people think, well, I have to wait until I'm wealthy to give back. So they, they, you know, they don't realize that they can sort of do it along the way. And so I have a term I use that is compounded generosity. Oh, I like it. And that is, you know, we, we hear all the time from financial planners. If you start saving for retirement in your twenties, by the time you're 65 or 70, you'll have a lot of money to retire. Now, of course, none of us do that, right? Because life gets in the way and we have to pay for stuff and food and children and diapers and college educations, which, you know, I'm knee deep in trying to figure that one out. (sighs) But if we were to have done it, it does compound over time. The, the, the money we save plus the interest we earn, it's, it's almost magical how large it can become if you really get started early. And I like to teach people the same thing is true about giving back, is that you don't have to wait till you're wealthy. You can start early and just do a little bit of time or a little bit of money, but you do it consistently over a lifetime. And it adds up to amazing, amazing numbers. I, I don't think I've talked about this on this show yet, but my wife and I do a thing with my speaking is we give a small percentage of the speaking fees I earn to two uh, endowments at two different children's hospitals. One is the Dell Children's Medical Center in Austin, Texas, where I live. And the other one is the Rady Children's Medical Center in San Diego, where you happen to live. And, yeah. and the reason we give to Rady is that our youngest daughter was born with a condition 12 years ago where she had to have her skull rebuilt uh, in order for her brain to have room to grow and, and everything wow. else. And at the time, we didn't have a top-notch children's hospital in Austin, Texas. And so we had to look around the country and, and one of the best teams of doctors in the world was at Rady Children's in San Diego. And when Kate was six months old, they removed much of her skull and she's fine today. It's grown back and there's bone all around and her head is shaped more like a cantaloupe than a watermelon. So it worked out really well. And we give a little percentage of my speaking fees, but we've been doing that for seven or eight years. Mm-hmm. And it's it's become real money. And my brother had a comment that I thought was great. He said, you know, we don't come from a family that has their name on the wall of a hospital, you right. know, and, and you're not wealthy. How did you do this? And the truth was we did it in $50 checks, $100 checks, $75 checks, $200 checks, but over seven or eight years. And we'll continue mm-hmm. to do it going forward. And so, you know, I, I like to teach people that that is, you know, this whole idea of compounding your generosity is just do it consistently. And yes. over time and always find a way to give. Yes. And I think, you know, 
you're talking about where you give too. I think that's really important for people because I mean, sometimes I get overwhelmed by the amount of requests. I mean, if you give to one organization, suddenly you're on a mailing list for a hundred and I want to give to all of them, but (laughs) I feel like I have to choose one or two that are really near and dear to my heart and then allow other people to give to other organizations that are near and dear to their hearts. Right. And that's what we've done. A couple of things that, that we feel called to give to then everybody will be taken care of. Yeah, because one person, you know, giving 25 cents here, 25 cents there doesn't matter. But if you can focus it onto one or two organizations over time, it can make a real important impact. Yes, 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 yes. So, Lara, it has been so much fun to have you on the show, especially on one of these early episodes. We're, we're having a lot of fun talking to a lot of people from a lot of different lines of work. But but I think that what you do, being the queen of show notes, is is really, you know, right in line with something that's very cool. So thank you for coming on the show and sharing your story. And if people want to find out more, if, if they're thinking, I want to start a podcast and I don't want to be like Tom, I want show notes from the first episode. <laughs> How do they find either your service or more information about your product that will teach them how to do their own? They can just go to shownotesmadeeasy.com. There's a contact button they can fill out and just let me know if they're interested and uh, if they're interested in working with me. And if they're interested in the product, uh, it should be up by the time this airs. And if it's not, again, just reach out to me and I will make sure that you get what you're looking for. All right. Well, Lara Laced, thank you very much for being on Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do. And oh, for, thank you. Thank you very much. And maybe we'll have you back one day. I'm, I'm hoping that I will keep doing this and, and we'll start cycling people through. And, and maybe next year, you won't just be the queen of show notes. You'll be the empress of show notes. <laughs> I love it. That sounds great. Thank you to everybody who listened. And again, keep tuning in. We have two episodes every week where we'll bring you very interesting and cool people like Lara. Go out there and have a great day. Thank you for being part of the Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do podcast. Without your participation and listening to these conversations, there is no show. Connect with Tom at TomSinger.com and follow him on Twitter at at TomSinger. This podcast was produced in part by Podfly.net. Podfly, passion for great sounding podcasts. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.